If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello. Today on Soundtrack Alley Spotlight, I've got my interview with Cody Johnson, who did the ending song on Resident Evil 2, the remake. We'll learn more about his process, his likes, and what he will be doing to work on next. It's all today, and it starts now. I am your host, Randy Andrews, and today on Soundtrack Alley Spotlight, I'll be sharing an interview I did with Cody Johnson, who just recently finished composing the main theme song to Resident Evil 2, the remake, called Sadaoje. Here is some background into Cody's career. He's a multimedia composer, music producer, sound designer, and multi-instrumentalist whose irreverent unapologetic and fresh perspective on music blurs the boundaries of conventional media music. Through fusing traditional music styles and electronics with hard-hitting modern production, Cody's pushed his way to the forefront of the video game and filming scoring industry, all the while collaborating with some of of Rock's music upcoming acts. Prior to his move to Los Angeles, Johnson was raised on the coast of Lake Erie in northern Pennsylvania, where he developed his affinity toward performing classical, jazz, and theatrical music as a brass musician. After a nearly fatal accident as a teenager, Johnson's injuries damaged many of his musical faculties. Cody used this as an opportunity to expand his musical palette beyond orchestral and jazz to electronic music production and sound design. His interest eventually pulled him to L.A., where he studied composition and music design and sound design at Musicians Institute. Before graduating at the top of his class with the Bachelor of Music in Composition Scoring for Visual Media, he worked alongside Jeff Rona, who composed music for Far Cry 4 and God of War 3, while additionally composing music, producing, and mixing a variety of TV, film, and game projects. He is credited on scores for TNT's Claws, Sony's PSN debut series Powers, 
and a variety of feature films and documentaries. Finding his home in the video game music industry, Cody's most recent contribution was for Capcom's highly anticipated sequel, Devil May Cry 5, and the disturbingly hyper-realistic recreation of Resident Evil 2. Johnson first caught Capcom's attention with his remixes of classic Capcom and Marvel character theme songs for the Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, including Devil May Cry 3, Spider-Man, Captain America, Mega Man, and Ghosts and Goblins. Ultimately, it was Johnson's modern production techniques and experience with heavier metal, industrial, and electronic genres that led him to compose and produce Dante's new fully immersive and interactive theme, Subhuman, for Devil May Cry 5. So that's just a little bit into his background there, and you'll hear more in the interview, and I hope you enjoy it. My name's Randy Andrews, of course, and I'm with uh, a podcast called Soundtrack Alley, and right now I've reworked it to be Soundtrack Alley Spotlight because I lost my Podbean account for just Soundtrack Alley. So I'm doing Soundtrack Alley Spotlight, and uh, it's really great to have you on my show. Uh, So my first question really for you is, what was your first experience with the game Resident Evil? Um. You know, I'm an avid gamer. I've always been a gamer. You know, I'm still a gamer. Played this morning, played last night. I'll uh, probably play for the rest of my life. Uh, But horror games are a whole other experience. Um, From horror movies to horror games, um, I just get so damn scared that it's it's so hard for me to play them alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think games are even worse than movies because, like, I'm the one controlling my own fate. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much um, I've always played survival horror-style games with friends, you know, like passing the controller back and forth on mm-hmm. and off, you know, kind of just cowering behind them. Um, but then recently... Uh, I guess not recently, in the last couple of years, I played more of Resident Evil Revelations 2 because when we were working on Devil May Cry, producer Michiru Okabe gave me a copy. Um, and that is a whole other experience because you have, you know, it's a good compromise because you have a friend to kind of balance that. And uh, I've managed to play that a lot more. Mm-hmm. So mostly Resident Evil before Revelations 2 was more of an onlooker, uh, okay. kind of a appreciating everything as a whole because it's uh you know i kind of get locked up and i can't even do anything because you know shaking my own boots yeah i you know i completely completely understand um i had a friend of mine who owned the original resident evil game and he actually took the time to play the whole game through to record it and had me over to watch it like the complete completed game so that way we were watching it kind of like a movie because he he cut out all the uh useless dying and <laughs> redying and things like that and yeah, that... I, I was like how much time did you spend on this oh about 80 hours i'm like how yeah and recording uh games back then was wasn't so easy you know now i've yeah. watched 
hours. Honestly, I pull up some videos, you know, if I'm doing work or admin stuff, I'll pull up a gameplay video or someone streaming Resident Evil 2. And that's easy for me to do because, it, yeah, it's that same idea that it's, like, pre-recorded. I'm not controlling their fate. They're actually good at the game, so they're not dying. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a that's a good middle ground, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what do you think are the comparisons between the original Resident Evil 2 and the remake? Sorry about that, Andrew. Uh, the mic cut out a little bit. Oh. Can you say that one more time? The, what do you think are the like comparisons do you think are between the original Resident Evil 2 and the remake a comparison between the two um you know one of the things that I was brought on for um and then a part of the conversation we had with them was this concept of reunion that the entire game is about you know these two characters splitting up and like meeting again off and on through the storyline and then you know finally completing the game uh together and this idea of reunion and you know they really wanted to make resident evil 2 the remake more about reunion as well and not only reunion of these characters but reunion of yourself Mm -hmm. to 20 years ago kind of really hitting home that nostalgia so where they are different is the original Resident Evil 2 wasn't about nostalgia because it was contemporary. Yeah. And the new Resident Evil 2 is hearkening about nostalgia back to that. While they're both still very much so about reunion Mm -hmm. and sort of this, you know, coming together and working together even though you're separated at times. Um, Visually, they could not be more different. They are astronomically different and horrifyingly well done. Mm -hmm. Um but at the same time, there's, like, awesome things where there's a bunch of Easter eggs. Like, I was just perusing the internet the other day, looking at some photos and videos, and so many fans are finding all these parallels and, you know, similar objects that pop up and how they, like... The, one of them I was looking at was this desk that had these items on it, and there were new things, and there were some fun, you know, Easter eggs put on. But if you just look at it, you're like, okay, yeah, that's all from the 90s. And then you look at the <laughs> side by side, and that stuff is all the same, too. And it kind of blows your mind how painstaking the entire process must have been for Capcom to go through and match, not pixel for pixel, but let's say inch for inch, parts of the game. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. So, okay, um, one of the, the questions that I have that relate to the song that you composed what i don't know how to word this how exactly do you pronounce the t- the 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 song the song uh, title yeah um that that fancy word yeah so i mean there's a funny story behind it i can i can just get it out of the way it's sure. saudage Absolutely. it's a Sa- uh, portuguese word okay uh, saudage yeah something Saudage. i'm probably still okay. getting it wrong uh, i'm doing my best i mean yeah, give me Give me a break, Randy. Um, <laughs> but we we didn't have a title for it. Um, okay. We had been writing this song. It didn't take as long as Devil May Cry. We probably wrote this song over the course of a few weeks, uh, just kind of doing some small feedback changes back and forth with Capcom. And then once we wrote the lyrics and they got approved and we recorded it, we didn't even give it a title. It was always just called, like, you know, Resident Evil Song. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point... Right right after we had finished writing it, or after mixing it, we had gotten this email from the director 
who said, hey, there's like this emotion that the song really evokes in me, and I really want to name it this specific thing, but there isn't a word for it in English. Excuse me. Um, and it's like this this joy of remembering nostalgia and, and the joy of remembering what used to be and also the pain kind of associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was saudage. Uh, because that word doesn't, the or the equivalent of that word does not exist in any other language. Um, and we thought it was a great idea. Uh, you know, we you, you got to carefully walk that line to make sure you're not stepping on anyone's toes culturally. But mm-hmm. but we at the end of the day thought it was a thought it was a good decision. We thought because it doesn't exist anywhere else, and it really puts a pin in this emotion that we're looking for, that it was a good call. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it would be, and the words even um, give you that uh, in a way. So. Yeah, it was, it was the one singular lyric um, from the chorus that that he really connected with, which is the pain of remembering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you can put in quotes the pain of remembering something nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you want to be very literal, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. And there's there's other things throughout the lyrics too that correlate and correspond, and you know, draw parallels to the storyline and this emotion, and um, and this this sort of creative brief that was given to us in the form of a story which is which is a whole other uh a whole other question topic conversation um I, you know i can i can go into that if you if, if that's something that strikes your fancy it's possible i mean uh did you have much to do with a lot of the composing for uh the music that's in the game itself you know i did not i only wrote I only wrote this last song, um, and and what I meant maybe I should elaborate. Oh, okay. Kind of sidestep <laughs> a little bit. When we originally got the the brief for this song, um, we didn't know the title of the game. They didn't tell it to us. We didn't know pretty much anything about it other than they said like only a few words, which was like it's about an American like cop. Mm-hmm. Who's young and grungy, and I'm I'm just like putting the dots together. I'm trying to think about what Capcom game this is, and then later the director sent over the story, mm-hmm. um, and it was a story reflecting about himself, about how he, you know, there's this man who lives in a city, and he's looking back to when he moved to the city 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and you know when you move anywhere or you start a new chapter in your life, you're always so hopeful about what's to come and kind of what you know where you live in his case what this city meant for him kind of his aspirations his hopes his dreams you know what he's looking forward to in life you know the potential that you know the next chapter of his life holds and he's looking back at that and he you know reflects with who he is now and what the city actually is and it kind of dropped his facade and he it just didn't quite turn out exactly the same way he had wished um and he's not unhappy with his life and that's an important point that he wanted to hit home but it's just things are different and he maybe isn't as aspirational he's not as you know hopeful as he used to be so he's remembering a time in which he was and he's remembering that feeling and how much he loved that feeling um and this is kind of where we got the idea of the pain of remembering because he is looking back on his life and thinking man things did not go how i wanted them to but you know they're not bad but 
I loved how I felt in that moment. And mm-hmm. it hurts to see those things didn't happen, but it brings me joy to remember that. Well, that's a really cool way of explaining that. Um, I just, I never thought of it that way. So with, um, with the theme, uh, did, did they provide any help in saying, okay, so, so this is some of the music that we're using in the game. Um, did you, were you able to like incorporate any type of, did, maybe the question that I need to ask is, did they use your theme in the game at all you know when we first got uh, materials from capcom even before we had like a very clear direction of what they wanted i had went home and i started writing a song they had gave given a couple ideas and you know sonic ideas that they wanted and xyz so i went home and did what i thought xyz would sound like in a resident evil game mm-hmm. and the first thing they said is all right we we like got a little hasty and we want to explain a little bit more. We want a song that sounds like Leon would listen to, like something someone in the 90s who's young and grungy and, you know, would listen to, something that person could connect to, something that harkens back and looks at through a lens the music of when the original game came out to really hit home the entire concept of reunion and, you know, this hearkening back uh, and this nostalgia. Mm -hmm. And we don't want a song for Resident Evil. We want a song to use in Resident Evil um, that conveniently corresponds and correlates, you know, and draws parallels to the storyline and the message and, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So the first thing I did after that was just throw out my old piece and I had mm-hmm. to like sit down and reconceptualize <laughs> what the function of this song was. So, mm-hmm. you know, TLDR, you know, long story short, no, they didn't want us to even draw any lines between the score and themes in Resident Evil and other you know things like that. They just wanted something completely new, standalone, mm-hmm. that existed for a very specific purpose. That's really interesting. Um yeah, I I never thought of it that way, um, but it makes sense because I mean this is kind of a harkening back, a you know a nostalgic look back at the original RE2, and uh, it's I like the way you explained it because because of having something like back in the '90s that Leon would actually listen to, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, more I think more than anything for Capcom, this game was about the original players. Yes, new players can play this game. It's a game made in 2019 for players in 2019, mm-hmm. but it it's also made for the people who played the original one 20 years ago, and that was their target audience above all else, is they want those classic, you know, diehard, loyal fans to feel like, you know, they feel like their voices were heard. Like this was for them. This is a moment for them to, you know, soak in and appreciate a message given to them by someone they, you know, spend a lot of time playing their games for. That's really awesome. Uh, so, do you think that you'll ever like that? I mean, besides say Devil May Cry Five, um, do you think that you'll compose other music for other games? If I 
you know, Randy, if I had a <laughs> uh, magical wand or, you know, a bottled genie or, you know, some other uh, magical device that if I just, you know, waved it, uh, I would do it and I would have it that I exclusively, you know, worked on video games. I think, you know, I've worked on documentaries and, you know, mm-hmm. TV shows. My music is in hundreds of episodes of television, feature films, what have you. I haven't enjoyed any of it as much as I enjoyed working on video games. And I think it's because I'm so deeply steeped in video games. I always have been. Like, I just think that way. You know, they're like, oh, it needs to loop. It needs to come here. You need to have, you know, it It all just made sense. I just, it was just second nature. Matrix? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump? No. Oh? Star Wars? Star Wars? I bet if you combine them all, they would. But no. Kevin Costner? Right? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> uh, 20 yeah. million units. 20 million. Uh, you remember number two? Oh, boy. No, it's like way down. Yeah, it's like, way it's down. It's bodyguard and then everybody else. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason. Uh, so we skipped something real quick. I just want to throw this out there. Oh, yeah, go on. Uh, so we're going to use the terms soundtrack and score all A the lot. time, yep. and we're not going to use them accurately, so I'm going to throw this out there. Um, so soundtrack is Bodyguard Style, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yep. They're the, the songs with vocals. They're you know, songs that you've heard, you know, um, they're sung. Um, scores are all instrumental. Yep. Most movies have... Uh, An instrumental score. Yeah. Uh, but score is the instrumental pieces. Um, soundtrack would be the like popular version of them. Um, yeah. But for ease of use, we're going to probably use soundtrack more often, but yeah. we're going to use it for both. So. Yeah. And sometimes you have a movie that has an established soundtrack or score, but the score isn't like composed from someone that's modern day like you have a soundtrack that's composed by a composer a hundred years ago um it could be like a classical piece that's used in a film such as let's see if this works 2001 space odyssey that's one of the main thing that most people think of with 2001 is the established classical piece of music. I'm only out to see if the bass uh, can be turned down on that. Too, not the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that, was, that was 1968, uh, so... Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, no, the, the music, uh, yeah, so scores, you can have uh, newly composed music, yep. so they hire a Composer to make music based on the movie, or, or they, sometimes they'll just use old music, such as yeah. songs like 2001, and then you have stuff like Manchester by the Sea, which Lindsay Barber, um, Leslie Barber, excuse me, she would kill me if I'd said that. Uh, she composed music for Manchester by the Sea, and the reason she didn't get a full Academy Award for it was because she used there was use of classical music. Kind of put a different hat on there. Um, And then after Devil May Cry, when I did that, did uh, Subhuman for that, it kind of made me like get my creative juices flowing. And I Mm -hmm. thought like, 
I hadn't really had an opportunity to explore kind of what, you know, the deeper depths of what I thought my music sounded like. You know, mm-hmm. you always spend so much time writing music for other things. You don't find your own musical identity. So I just started writing music and I've kind of collated. I'm at like nine, eight or yeah, nine, ten tracks now uh, for a solo album. I released an EP last year just because just threw it out into the world. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I just decided to keep going and I've just been collating music you know when i get a few hours here and there i'll pull open a session and write into it and when a track is done i'll bounce it and when the album is done i'll uh i'll put it out there and the goal is to make it fully interactive and then uh you know someone buys the album and you know send me a message and i'll give you the wise files you can make it fully you know adaptable and integratable and do whatever you want with it very cool um because Devil May Cry 5 seems like a perfect fit for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the, I mean, it's that type of game. It's that type of style of what you have. Like, you talk about industrial and electronic and uh, rock and um, kind of grunge. Um, it seems like it's it's the type of music that you gear toward, maybe? or yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, uh, we, you know, I worked on Marvel versus Capcom with them, and I mm-hmm. sent them some of my um, originally. That was the predecessor to Resident Evil and Devil May Cry, and I sent them some of our music, and they were like, "Yeah, we want this guy, me, to do the progressive electronic hybrid one." So I did them, and that gig was over, and you know, it was on its way. That was a fun gig because I played Marvel versus Capcom a ton when I was a kid, and nice. then. Um, we get like a call later and they're like, Hey, you did a theme for one of their characters that was like <laughs> metal. Uh, or I remixed it. They're like, do you want to, it's like another game is coming up. That's very metal and industrial. Do you, do you want to take a shot at it? And like, I'm like, I think I know what this is. I think this is my moment. Like <laughs> I was like, ah, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it a shot. And, uh, they loved what I did. And then, you know, that was the first demo phase. And we just kept going, but I was like, okay, this is this is my moment to kind of like f- flex my muscles a little bit and kind of do everything that I've been wanting to do uh, on a game project. Uh, so it was a really really fun and unique opportunity to kind of find my vibe. And then aesthetically, the game is like you know demons, swords, guns. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's me, man. That's my vibe. <laughs> Well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I'm glad that uh, you've kind of found your niche um, within, like, video games because you said that you've done uh, television projects and movie projects and documentary projects. And uh, it seems like video games might be a perfect fit for you. Yeah, yeah. I I love doing those other things, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just – I really like doing video games more. Um, and because, you know, I'm a gamer and, you know, that's the backbone of how I deal with life. You know, it's meditative, it's therapeutic, uh, and that's not changing. So if I can be involved in that process, you know, and, and help people in the way that games have helped me, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's, it's a way to step out of our fantasy into another one, you know, uh, at points in my life, it was therapeutic. It was an anti-drug. It was all sorts of things for me, um, and I just want to give that back to someone else. 
Very nice. Very nice. Um, so where can people find you? You want to know my address, Randy? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm no, like <laughs> social media or, you know, where's your yeah. music yeah, that people can listen to? And... Of course, of course. Um, <laughs> on Twitter, I am at Cody Matthew J. On Instagram, I am at Cody Matthew Johnson. My website is www.codymatthewjohnson.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook as Cody Matthew Johnson Composer, and I'm on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, you know, you name it. Wherever you listen to music, you can find me on there. All right. That sounds fantastic. Well, Cody, thanks so much for this interview, and thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule and uh, life and everything like that. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much, Randy. Yeah. I'll talk to you again. Welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed that brief interview into the look of Cody Johnson's career. One of the unique things about it is that he had a debut album called Raid Ready, which is a go-to music for locking sights, slaying demons, and crushing enemies. Featuring hard-hitting instruments and explosive anthemic Songs, Raid Ready is the soundtrack for your gaming experience and has everything you need to log on and settle up. So to close out the show today, I'll actually be playing Sadauje from Resident Evil 2, the remake. And of course, the theme music for my show is composed by Alexander Shebel. You can find his work at xanderscores.com, so find him there. Find me through social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I'm now on Spotify. Also check out SoundtrackAlley.net and email me at SoundtrackAlley at Yahoo.com. So until next time, happy listening.
Thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. I hope you've enjoyed it, and if you're on iTunes, please rate and review the show. It really helps Soundtrack Alley Spotlight get noticed. Thanks. Thanks.